Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. <laughs> so we're going to flow through this. We don't know who's coming because some people are supposed to come and see if they show up. I know the weather. I didn't know who was going to show up because of the weather. But you know what? God created the winter for a reason. That's right. That's right. All right. So we're going to press through anyway, right? So I thank you all for being here. Amen. So we're going to dig into this word. And then those who are here Wednesday got a little touch of it on uh, what I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> so I got a little demonstration here. This right here is toothpaste, right? For those in the back, it's toothpaste. They may not be able to see. So what's inside of here? Logical answer would be toothpaste, right? Why? Because it says Colgate. Says toothpaste, right? I got it from the toothpaste section. I didn't get it from uh, the soda section or the bread section. When I bought it, I got it from the toothpaste section, right? So if I squeeze this, what should come out of here? Toothpaste, right? Right? Yeah. That's that. That's the logical answer, right? But the truth of the matter is, if I squeeze this, what's going to come out is whatever's on the inside. We don't know what's on the inside of this, right? Just because it says toothpaste. And Colgate, we assume that it's toothpaste in here, right? So, you take, I think we all had Slurpees before, right? <laughs> so, we take a Slurpee, right? At 7-Eleven, we get a Slurpee. I was going to get one, but I figured it would melt down here, but I guess I could have kept it outside. I probably would have been all right. So, we mix, let's say we mix blue raspberry in there, and then we put cherry on top. What would happen? Right? We would get, um, we would get uh, a combination, right? When we drink it, we may, if we just dip the straw in there just a little bit, it might be, we might get the cherry, right? But then if we go a little bit deep, deeper, we'll get the blue raspberry, right? But eventually, we're going to get a combination of both, right? So, why do I say that? Because sometimes, just because a person calls himself a Christian, right? They may, we may go to church, you know, we may read our Bibles, we may even attend prayer service, right? But when that pressure heats up, and that stressful situation, that tribulation heats up, what's going to come out, out of us? Right? What's going to come out of us? There should be something that comes out of us, and the Bible tells us what should come out of us. Right? So, we, we have to be mindful of that. Alright, so, let's turn to our Bibles, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. chapter 5. And while you turn there, I'm going to read 6.45, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified, so you can write that down. So Luke 6.45 says this, The intrinsically good man produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure stored in his heart. And the intrinsically evil man produces what is wicked and depraved out of the evil in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. So basically, whatever comes out of our mouths is going to be what's in our hearts. Right? And so, this goes back, I think I said a couple weeks ago, that I can tell what's, you know, what you're dealing with, what's on the inside of you based on what's coming out of your mouth. Right? So, if, we're find, if we find ourselves in a stressful situation, what do we normally do? We, we tend to rattle and continue to, to talk about it all the time, right? Because now our anxiety starts to creep up, right? So, but we got to take a step back from that. And we got to let God take over, 
we got to be led by God, regardless of the situation, right? Because we see all throughout the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that there were believers in God that faced some stressful situations, right? But how did they deal with it? So, Ephesians chapter 5. So, the title of my message is, What Are You Filled With? What are you filled with? See, because we sometimes we, we assume because somebody's Christian that they're filled with God. They're filled, they have Christ-like character. They're filled with the Spirit. So we're going to figure out here what we should be filled with. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15, says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Let's stop right there. See then that you walk circumspectly. So what does circumspectly mean? Circumspectly means exactly, accurately, in a carrying way to one's duties. In other words, being diligent, right? So our duties are supposed to be the will of God, right? That, that's supposed to be our duty. So we need to be diligent in walking out what God is telling each and every one of us to do, right? So my calling may not be your calling, Phil. Phil's calling may not be Derek's calling. Right? So Darius' calling may not be Vanessa's calling. So we all have different callings, but we have to know what our duties are. And we have to know, because God has blessed each and every one. Everybody that's been on this earth, from Adam to the newborn baby that just born a few seconds ago, he has equipped each and every one of us with a gift. But it's up to us. Is that me? <laughs> okay. So we're all equipped with uh, different gifts and, and things like that. So we have to utilize these gifts. All right, so not as fools, but as wise. So what does wise mean? It means skill in having and showing the knowledge. The knowledge of what? Knowledge of the Word of God. See, let's take that back to the word fool there. Fool actually means not in control. Not in control. See, we have all sorts of theories and things like that on how a person is supposed to act when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So we have to be careful of that because sometimes what's happening is people are thinking they're filled one way and they're not being led by the Spirit. They're actually being led by their flesh, right? And, and so, you know, they're not doing it on purpose, right? So we can be... Because I see Phil there, I'm, I'm going to use this example. So, <laughs> and not that I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing you. So, you know, we can be led sometimes. We, we can feel like we're being led by the Spirit. Well, no, we can be led by the Spirit to go share the gospel with somebody. Right? And then sometimes we can feel like, oh, the Spirit's leading us, or we're doing it out of duty. Right? And it's not actually the Spirit leading us, but it's our own flesh leading us. And then what, that ha what happens is that pushes the person away. Right? So everything we do, we kind of have to be spirit-led in that. And we can only be spirit-led if we're filled with spirit. Because what happens is we have a lot of Christians, a lot of churches, just like we talked about Wednesday, they don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and I, I, I've had people that, you know, they'll talk about church, but not necessarily Jesus. Right? So when you talk about church and you go to church, it ends up becoming religion. Right? So what makes it a way of life for us is that we have to be filled. Right? Because if we're not filled, what's going to happen is we're going to give in to the circumstances of life. We're going to give in to the stressful situations. And, but when we're filled, he helps us during those times of trouble. Right? Because we don't know the answers to everything. But he does. Right? And even if he doesn't give us the answer right away, 
guess what? He produces patience in us. Right? He produces self-control in us. Right? These are all the things that we need for the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to be filled. See, this is why we have Christians that get frustrated so easily. See, I can tell when I'm not filled. I can tell when I haven't been spending time with God. I can tell when I've been watching football games too much. Because I start to get irritated. Right? I can tell when I haven't been spending time with Him. I start to get irritated. He doesn't want that. Right? Because whatever we put on the inside of us, that's what's going to come out of us. Right? So if we're putting secular things in us, guess what's going to come out of us? And we're going to see some things in a minute that all, just in the New Testament, I got one example, I think, in, a, in the Old Testament, that whatever something, just because somebody's filled with something, doesn't mean it's of God, right? So we have to have a mindful understanding of that. Because guess what? Being filled, which we're going to see here in a little bit, is not an option. It's not an option, right? And, and that's the problem. And, and, you know, sometimes... Not sometimes, actually, because it's still going. A lot of times, we've done the Holy Spirit a disservice because, you know, I've been in churches. I'm so we've been in churches with people acting like animals and, and all wow. That's not that's not the Holy Spirit. See, if we say that the evidence, a character of the Holy Spirit is self-control, how can we be out of control? Right. So let me give you an example. We had a church service actually here, right? I'm not gonna mention no names, but. There was a young lady that was coming that was bound. But that particular night, she got set free. She started praising God like she had never praised God before since she had been coming to us, right? But as the midst that she started praising God, somebody else got up and started speaking in tongues real loud. Why? Because they made it about them. It wasn't about the young lady getting a breakthrough. Then somebody else starts playing the keyboard real loud. And then they both said, well, we couldn't control it. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Because if you can't control it, then that's either your flesh or demonic spirit. Mm -hmm. Because, again, self-control. Self-control. What did Paul tell the Corinthian church? Right? Everybody wants to have a word. Everybody wants to speak in tongues. That's a lack of self-control. Yeah. That's a lack of self-control. And that's what we have. See, every, every church that is mentioned in the Bible from Revelation and on, we see these things today. Right? We, we see these things today, but we have to be mature in our faith. We have to be mature in our walk. Right? We can't be out of control. And I think when he, I, I, um, well, I don't think I showed this when I talked about the uh, false teachers and false prophets, but there was a video I saw a while back where there was she was a false teacher, a false prophet, and she was praying for people, and then somebody was on the ground rolling around screaming in pain. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit brings joy. Holy Spirit brings peace. Doesn't mean we can't get excited, but there should be some control there, right? So we we, we, we attribute things to the Holy Spirit, and it's not the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's so much going on. So now, when you have people act like that, people become afraid of tapping into a church that acknowledges and welcomes the Holy Spirit. Right? We, we, we have to be careful of those things. Alright? So, let's keep going. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So guess what? If the days were evil here when Paul wrote this, guess what? The days are evil here today. Right? So, even in today's time, they needed the Holy Spirit back then. We need the Holy Spirit today. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit today. Amen. See, if we're not walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, 
We're going to walk around defeated. We're going to allow our circumstances to dictate to us. Right? It doesn't matter <laughs> what's going on. If the Holy Spirit is inside of us, in His fullness. And see, even if we've been, see, this is where we get in trouble at. Because we think because we've been filled one time, that's it. No. we got to keep going to the well. Keep going to the well. Amen. Keep going. It's just like a car. Yeah. You fill it up with gas, you drive, and guess what? It goes empty. And we're going to see examples of that. When they're days of Pentecost, guess what? They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They came right back a chapter later and prayed again for more. Because we have to do this every day. And we're going to see that here. All right, verse 18. No, yes. No, it's 17. Sorry. <laughs> Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, unwise actually means foolishness again. It means foolish, right? Not being in not being in control. So, again, understand what the will of the Lord is. How do we understand what the will of the Lord is? We got to read the Bible. Amen. We got to read the Bible and, and understand. And I know, Marie, you mentioned it Wednesday about the education. You know, it's not about the education. You know, you can go to seminary and still come out messed up, right? We got we got Bible colleges everywhere now. We you know we got seminary. I mean, just in this area alone, you have Bible colleges. Right there in churches. And they're teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. And guess what? The people are still walking around defeated, ignorant of the Bible. Why? Because they're not teaching the Word of God. And not only are they not teaching the Word of God, we're not reading the Word of God. What we've done is instead of spending time with God, we've gone to YouTube. We've gone to the podcast. That doesn't draw us closer to God. And see, we, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, YouTube's a God thing. No, it's not. See, because guess what? It's still a power of the air. That's right. Satan has control. Because trust me, there's more bad things on YouTube mm -hmm. than good things. So we have to be careful of those things. It's not that we can't watch preaching on YouTube, but that is not a substitute for the time that we spend with God. Amen. You see, what happens is, as Christians, we use those things as a substitute because I'm too lazy to read my word, or I'm too tired to read my word. I'm too lazy to pray. See, when I when I got saved, the first church, the church that I went to, uh, pastor by Johnny Burns, I thank God for him because he's the best teacher that I served up under. You know, he taught me a lot. He taught me more than I got in school. And guess what? It wasn't a one-on-one -on -one teaching. He taught the whole congregation there on Sunday service, morning service, evening service, and Bible study. So by the time I got to Bible college, guess what? I knew a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say I knew everything. He didn't, he didn't do all that. But, <laughs> you know, I knew a lot of stuff because he taught from the Word. He taught from the Word. So I say that to say because what happens is there we had, when I got saved, we had a morning service, an evening service. Right? So I was there, morning and evening service on Sundays. We had Bible study on Wednesday. I was there. Then we had prayer on Thursday. But guess what? Eventually... You know, we started out with low numbers in prayer, but then eventually started to grow. But you know what my best time in prayer was? Guess what? Because we also had noonday prayer on Monday and Wednesday. And that was just a small group. Why? Because now there's more intimacy there in a small group. And the Lord moved. The Lord spoke through people. And it wasn't something that was just made up or people just spoke from the, through their feelings. 
it was an authentic move of the Holy Spirit. Right? So, I I didn't have time. I don't even know if you, you two was invented back then. I, yeah, so, but I didn't have time for all that. Right? Because I was in church every time. Right? Noonday, I'd leave my job, go to prayer, then go back to work. I'll be in prayer for lunchtime. And I spent time at home in prayer. Why? Because I heard him say this, and I said it here before. He said, he told the congregation, he said, look, if you're trying to get close to God, spend five minutes a day. Spend, start out spending five. He said, don't try to create a goal that you know you can't keep. He said, don't try to say, well, I'm going to spend an hour when you know you can't do that. Start spending five minutes a day. Each day, at the same time, he said, I promise you, God will meet you. Well, guess what? I can't speak for anybody else, but I did it. We had a little private room in our house. We were in Navy housing, and I would go in there, and I would start out with prayer, and then five minutes turned to ten. Ten to twenty. And guess what? It wasn't just prayer. I would pray. I would spend time in His Word. And then while I'm reading His Word, there was just a burning on the inside of me, like fire just inside of me. God will meet me there every single time, right? And that doesn't mean that every time I felt his presence, but he was there, right? That helped me to grow. That's how we grow because it's not about just coming. Same thing with school, right? If we go to school, we sit in the classroom, we're learning, but guess what we got to do when we get home? We still got homework. We still got to do study. So what are we doing, right? It doesn't make sense for us to come here. I still have all my notes that I took from him, and I still go back and look at those notes. I had a couple spiral notebooks that I had. And I still go back and look at those things. And they still apply today. Why? Because he taught the word. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Because he taught a true, authentic word. That's right. And I will go back and I will study those words. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, which means excessive, but be filled... With the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. So he says, do not be drunk with wine. So how do... Wait a minute. So we know... Well, so everybody may not have been drunk in here. But <laughs> you, you know, we may have seen somebody that was drunk. Right? So you see somebody drunk, you can see their eyes are different. Right? You can see their speech is different. Right? Their walk is different. Their odor is different. Right? <laughs> And guess what? They might have a little bit more courage. We call it what? Liquid courage? They might say something that they wouldn't say if they were sober. Right? So, Paul is saying, look, don't be drunk with that. Don't be filled with that, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to look different. Right? We should be able to see it in our eyes. Right? We can go to another believer and we know as we're talking to that believer, guess what? There's a difference. There's something. Without them even saying that they're saved. I told you, I don't have to tell people I'm saved. I don't tell people I'm saved. And I don't do it for a reason. Because how do they see me? I don't have to. See, if we always have to go around, tell somebody we're saved, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. They should be able to see the evidence that we are saved and we're born again. <clears throat> yeah. So, I can tell you, those that are around me from my job, they know. They know I'm not like some of them. <laughs> I'm not going to mention no name. They know I'm not like some of them. They know when they see Rasan, it's authentic. That's right. 
And it should be the same for all of us. If we're filled. See, because if we're not filled, that's how we become carnal. We become carnal. So it doesn't mean that they may not be saved. But they start to display carnal behavior. See, because when we're filled, now the Holy Spirit convicts us. <laughs> Holy Spirit says, stop. Don't do that. See, and then, you know, I've had people come, and they, 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 especially since we started this church, everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to help, but they want to help. You know, not everybody, but some want to help with ulterior motives. And how do I, how do I know? Again, Pastor Johnny Burns said this, and, and if I think I might say it, but if not, use this advice. Anytime you feel pressured in your flesh, it ain't God. If somebody's coming and pressuring you, regardless of what they're saying, you feel pressure, that's not God. Because that's causing us to get in our flesh. That's not God. I just had somebody uh, the other week. This past week. He came and was saying things to me, but I'm like, mm, no, nah, I felt uneasy. I felt pushed. Right? And I said, hold on, let me take a step back. I said, you know what? This ain't a God. I said, uh-uh, no. And, and not that they were trying to sabotage or do anything wrong, but they were out of their flesh. They weren't led by the Spirit. See, and, and there are a lot of people like that because I've had people saying, hey, son, can I help you? You know what? I can come to your church and teach this. No. What, what, if you're going to help me, why does it matter if you come and teach? I mean, what, what is, you know, yeah. You know, and then when you say no, you don't ever hear from them. I cut them off. Because guess what? God has authentic people there that are willing to help. And they never ask for anything in return. They just say, here. They say, here. That's it. Why? Because they're led by the Spirit, not by their flesh. See, if, if we're filled with other things, if we're filled with alcohol, if we're filled with envy and things like that, that's what's going to come out of us. If we're filled with just our flesh, guess what? The flesh is going to come out of us. So we wonder sometimes how we can be in churches and we see sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so behave this way, act this way because they're not filled. And they may have been filled one time, but they did not go back to the well. Because he sold the woman at the well, I will be in you a well of living water. It's never right. supposed to run dry. That's right. That's why you always hear me say, Christians should never be dry. If we're, if we're feeling dry, then there's this and that. We stop spending time with him. We should never be dry. Doesn't mean we're always going to feel His presence. But there should be a joy in us. Right? So there was th things that happened to us in the last couple of weeks. We were, we were without heat. Yeah, we were at, you know, we didn't even say anything Wednesday. Yeah, we were without heat. We had portable heaters, freezing and things like that. The dog was cold. And we got to win the dog. So <laughs> that I called it was out, you know, when they finally came, the, the, the to fix the heat, as soon as the guy walked in, I said, yeah, you see, we don't have no heat. He said, no, I feel it. Because the house was like 50-something degrees. But guess what? When you feel, it doesn't matter. You're not concerned about that. Yes, we wanted heat, right? But regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what went on at work, guess what? When you feel, there's a difference. So if we feel ourselves starting to get stressed, starting to get short, then guess what? We might be running a little bit dry. We need to go back to the well. Amen. Yeah. 
So what what is what is filled mean? Filled means to to be complete, to fulfill, to be married to. So he says what? He says here, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's a marriage. It's a relationship. Right? So that's how it's supposed to be. Wherever I go, he goes. Wasn't that a show or a commercial or something like that? Wherever I go, he goes. <laughs> there was some. My buddy, my buddy. I, I can't. Was that a commercial? Buddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever I go, he. That's what he's supposed to be. <laughs> that's what. I, wherever I go, the Holy Spirit's supposed to be there. Wherever I go, he's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> so, guess what? That means some places, because he's holy, he's not going to go. Amen. He's not going to go. So, when some of these people were out there, what, a couple years ago, out there uh, protesting and rioting and things like that, guess what? Holy Spirit wasn't there. Holy Spirit wasn't there. Yeah, absolutely. You had believers out there. Believers I know that I used to go to church with. And guess what? They were out there dancing. As soon as they played the music, they were out there dancing. You know why? The Holy Spirit wasn't there. They weren't filled. Because if they were filled, they would know not to be out there. Because that's not going. That's not God's way of doing things. I don't see Jesus out there doing it. And see, I had people say, well, Jesus would be out there. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Because if Jesus would have been out there, then Jesus would have spoke up the pilot. That's right. He didn't say a mumbling word. That's called being filled. Right? Alright, so Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to read it. Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Being filled also means uh, to verify, to accomplish, to cause, to abound, and to influence. So, that goes back to whatever we fill with is going to come out of us. It's an influence. So, if we're filled with the Spirit of God, He's going to influence us. Influence us to good, do good things. Right? And, and it's going to be things that we're not capable of doing in our flesh. Just like we talked about when, uh, Wednesday when I went to Rhodes. I wasn't capable of doing that in my natural because I didn't speak the Spanish language. But God made a way. God made a way. And then it was something when they started inviting other family members coming. Family members out from out of state to come. To hear somebody that can't even speak, like, you know, Spanish outside of sea. And como estas? <laughs> but that's being led by the Spirit. Alright, so Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 4 says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them others utterance. Now, this is the problem that we've done in church as Christians, right? We try to mimic this. We try to mimic this. Now, there's all different ways to receive the Holy Spirit in its fullness of the Holy Spirit. But we try to mimic this, and we'll say, well, guess what? Go in the room, especially Pentecostal, go in the room, Continue to pray, continue to sit there, continue to tarry until you start speaking tongues. 
No. It, it, you know, and then we say, be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, that's did not happen every time somebody was filled in the book of Acts, that they spoke in tongues. Why? Because it goes by the Holy Spirit on what He wants to do. We don't will. See, we're so caught up in these giftings today, that doesn't mean you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? The devil, his demons, will mimic that. And we have so many people that are deceived by those things. Right? What's the evidence that you fail with the Holy Spirit? You're going to bear the character of Christ. You're going to bear the fruit. That's the evidence of you being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you're not bearing fruit, then you might not be filled. Right? So now that goes back again to when we see sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, acting this way, behaving this way, talking this way. What? Because Paul says what? Blessing and cursing should not come out of the same mouth. Because if you fill with the Holy Spirit, remember, He's holy. Right? He's holy. So how can you say you fill with the Holy Spirit and you're doing unholy things? How can you say you fill with the Holy Spirit, but then all of a sudden you're going around, you're cursing? Every other word. But then you say, And then we wonder why some people don't want anything to do with God. Because what example are we set? I've been in churches where people get so angry in church. And you're like, and they're, they're, they're deacons and they're ushers. I'm like, well, okay, well, well, did you pray before you came in today? I mean, just stay at home. That does more harm than good. See, if we're filled, we're going to tune in to the Spirit and we're going to listen. See, even if we're not in the right house of fellowship, right, he's going to get us to leave the right way. That's why I tell people, if you're going to leave the church, you leave the right way. I thought I said this before. All right? Now, if you're in some place that's just totally false, and yeah, then fine. You don't know by no explanation. Bye. <laughs> right? But sometimes some people don't know no better. Right? Because there are pastors that are not filled. They're not filled. That's why they can they'll sit up here and they'll give you carnal things instead of the word. And, and you know, we get again, we're getting so caught up with the gifts, and we're going to come back to that later on. All right, so there were people in the Bible who were filled, but some were not filled with the right thing. All right, so look at, even in the Old Testament, look at King Saul, right, in comparison to David. Saul was more filled with his flesh in trying to please the people more so than being obedient to God, where David had a heart for God and not so much for the people. Being pleasing, trying, trying to please the people. Right? And see, even today in our churches, we have a lot of Saul's as leaders because they rather please the people so they don't lose the people. Amen. And it's like I said, you know, whatever you do to get them in, you're going to have to continue to do to keep them. And then you always got to one up it. Explain to me this. I, I, I might set this back when we were at the house, but how is it? that an unsaved person should be comfortable coming into church. But we have it all the time where, and what I mean by coming into church, continuously coming to visit a church over and over and over, and they don't feel no conviction. Mm -hmm. If there's no conviction, then you're not teaching the word. So if you got people coming into church that are unsaved, and they're feeling comfortable, 
and have no problem going, hey, pastor, how you doing? And talking to so-and-so and this and this. And they're coming in there trying to meet women, trying to meet guys and things like that. That's a problem. Because guess what? There have been people that come through here, but they don't stay because they don't feel comfortable. And I'll tell people, you can come, but I'm not going to cater to your sin. I'm going to give you the word. Mm -hmm. See what I talked about? The weeks and the tears, right? you got to keep watering it, and eventually those, those, uh, those tears, they're going to get up. They're going to get up and go. Because they're going to go to somewhere else where they can be comfortable. Alright, Acts chapter 5. We can turn there. Acts chapter 5. And I'm not going to get through all this today. <laughs> I'm still on first page. <laughs> so we're going to see some things that people will fill with. Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 17, says this. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. So they were filled with indignation, not the Spirit of God. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. So indignation actually means here, it's, it's an envy, but it's a zealous envy. It's a zealous envy. Now watch, these Sadducees, they thought they were doing the things of God. But they had envy. Why? Because the people started listening to those who were spirit-filled. When you're spirit-filled, now all of a sudden you start to get some of the attentions of the unsaved. Those that don't know the Lord. Because it's not you drawing them in, but it's the power of God drawing them in. Amen. See, if we, if we make it about us, then guess what? They're not going to stay. We can only hold on to them for a little bit, but it takes the power of God to hold on to them. They have to have the power of God. They have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Alright, so, being filled, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean everything's going to be a bed of roses. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the what? Wilderness. Right? So, Holy Spirit may lead us into difficult times, difficult situations, but that's okay because He's called alongside to help. Right? So, even if we're facing those times and He's leading us somewhere, it's to produce growth in us. Right? Or He may take us somewhere to cause us to become more intimate with him. And I read the scripture last week. See, when we start to go through trials, we're to pray more. We are. Yeah. And if we pray more, guess what? We start to draw closer to him. And we become different. But a lot of times we don't want to do that. When we face, when we go through those trials and those tribulations, we don't want to do it. Right? Because our flesh don't want to do it. I'm guilty. My mind, I'm like, nah, I'm going to sit this day out today. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I'll get you tomorrow. <laughs> right? Or I'll get you later on. <laughs> and then what happens? It goes on and on. And things are, And all he's trying to do, he wants us, he's using those situations to help us grow and help us grow by drawing closer to him, spending time with him. Guess what else you could be filled with? You could be filled with demons. We see that all throughout the New Testament, right? 
So, Luke chapter 4, verse 33 through 35 says this. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 35, But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him, and it did not hurt him. Right? So, there could be, and I've talked about this a couple times, right? There, there could be people sitting in church that are possessed. And there could be people in church that may not be possessed, but they may be oppressed. Right? So, and, I, and, you know, and I've heard it say, well, you can't be saved and, and possessed, but I done seen some stuff. <laughs> I done seen people walking around speaking in tongues and acting just as worse as the devil. And then you have to wonder. Right? So that's why I don't get caught up in people speaking in tongues. Because people speak in tongues and they, like I said, they're going out there sinning and everything. It, 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 it's not about that. that. That's not evidence. Like I said, the evidence is the fruit. Right? That love. Are we going to show love? Right? Are we going to show love to our brother? Are we going to love our enemies? Right? That's not what some of these religious leaders have been teaching. Right? No. Y'all don't heard me talk about it before. No. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't let them do this. Don't. That's not following the example of Christ. We had the greatest example, which is Jesus Christ. That's right. And the same spirit that was in Jesus and that raised him from the dead is the same spirit that's dwelling in us. Amen. So how can we act like the world and say we failed? Because you're walking around, you're speaking in tongues. But then you yell. And I, I, I didn't see this, but it was, actually it was Pastor Burns that, that said this. He said he was in a church service one time. He went to go preach somewhere. And it was a lady that started, you know, shouting and things like that. So her child was going, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. So she turned around and smacked the child. That's not the Holy Spirit. But yet, she was over there shouting. Right? So now, prior to doing that, people would have been looking at her like, Oh! But then she turns around and smacks the child. See, we, we, we do things and we think, No. Because you know why? That's not the, that's not the character. Holy Spirit is gentle. He's gentle. He's not rush. He's not rough, rather. He's not pushy. That's why, I said, that's why I say, you know, if you feel pushed to do something, that's not the spirit. you got to take a step back. Why? Because there's been people that have come, try to get us to do business transactions and things like that over the years. No, no, no. Just think about car salesmen, right? When you go to the lot, they're on you like vultures, right? <laughs> they're on you. And they're all around you. You're like, go away. I, I just want, you know, give me a break, you know. And all you go into certain stores, and then when you're looking for somebody to help, you can't find them. Right? <laughs> but, when you know, when they come pushing you, no. Time out. Yeah, time out. No, that's not the spirit. Because, again, he's gentle. He's a gentleman. And, again, that's that self-control. We as Christians, we, 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 we lose that self-control. We lose that self-control. Like I said, it doesn't mean we can't get excited. But you can't tell me, oh, I can't control it. I have this going. I can't control it. I can't. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will never override our will. He doesn't do that. He gives us a choice. He gives us a choice. He doesn't force it. 
Just like God doesn't force salvation on us, He freely gives us a choice. That's right. Right? So sometimes we, you know, we got so many people out there, the Christians, that are going out there pushing this, doing this, do it. Slow down. That, that's not, no. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your flesh. That's your mind. And see, we, 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 we like I said, we, we, we try to mimic and imitate the days of Pentecost and things like that. But, uh-uh. No. All right. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 6 says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Right? It's not about you just sitting in the... No. Are you going to hunger? Are you going to thirst? See, that's how we get filled. Are we seeking Him? That's how we continue to get refilled. Are we seeking Him? And you know, it's got to be daily. It has to be daily. And that's where we get in trouble at because, again, we have this flesh. You know, you think about it, you know, we work, we're at work at least eight hours a day. Right? Not counting the travels to and from work. So that takes up our time. See, sometimes at work, I got to close my door. I gotta close my door because I get people that want to come and want to complain and we just want to talk about that's just police officers. We just we just complain, gossip, and all sorts of things. That that's just in the police officer's blood. They, you know, we can't help ourselves sometimes, right? So I gotta shut my door. I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Don't don't no. You know, they just trying to vent, but I don't want to hear it because it becomes too much. It becomes too much. Again, what are we allowing to come inside of us? See, because the more I allowed an event, then guess what? It starts to come out inside of me, and then it's going to come out of me. It's going to come out of me. Amen. And it's not supposed to be that way. Right? What's supposed to come out of me is the things of God. Not the gossiping. Not the backbiting. Not the complaining. Trust me. My flesh wants to complain about some of the things going on. Right? But no, I don't, I don't curse the man. I pray for him. Right? I pray for him. Why? Because... I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Lord will want me to do. Matthew 3 and 11 says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Again, if, if, if Jesus is going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire, why are we walking around as Christians looking miserable? Why are we allowing the circumstances to get to us and dictate how we feel? No. We have to go back to the well. See, if, if that's starting to happen to us, we're not, none of us are exempt from that. Right? It can happen to all of us. It happens to me. Right? Because things just happen. Things come up. But we have to go to the well. We have to make time for God. We, we have to. That's the only way we can be filled. Only way we can be filled. It's not about me talking to, not that we can't do those things, talking to brother, sister, so and so, or things like No. There has to be that one on one time with that. That's how we become stronger in the spirit. And see, then we can start to discern things. Right? We, we can discern things. And we're not just allowing any and everything to come inside of us. See, so same thing, whatever we watch, whatever we take in, music, TV, whatever, 
That's what we're filling ourselves with. So eventually, that's going to come out of us, right? You may not curse, but you know it's going to be the carnal, fleshly things that's going to come out of you. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. He, he wants us to be filled with His Spirit, not the things of the world. See, so that's why we can't get caught up in the things of the world. If we get caught up in the things of the world, then that's what we start to gravitate to. See, and that's why I say we can't get caught up um, in the vaccine stuff. That's the things of the world. That's the things of the world. And then we start to worry about those things, and then that's all we start to talk about, the vaccine. Who cares? If you go, if you die today, <laughs> think, you think you're going to stand before the throne and Jesus is going to ask you, did you get the vaccine? <laughs> oh, you took it? Oh, no, bye. I'm kicking you out. Oh, you didn't take it. You're not coming in hell. No. I can promise you, he's not concerned about that. Regardless of what these pastors and, and other, uh, I'm about to say military, ministry leaders are saying, <laughs> he's not concerned about no vaccine. Because you know what? what? I read the scripture before that. The scripture says what? We put any deadly thing in us, poison, guess what? He's going to cover us. Right? So now, again, what do you feel with? Fear? Whatever it is, right? We have to be careful of what we allow ourselves to get caught up in, right? And see, it's just the, the see the enemy slick. He'll work through anybody, right? You could be talking to brother, sister, so and so that say, and then because they worry, they start talking about it, and then now, when you weren't worried, now you start to get worse <laughs> because that's what's coming inside of you. See, you gotta you gotta block out stuff. You, got, you, you, you have to turn people off. Hopefully my mom don't see this. <laughs> Actually, I might edit it out. But, <laughs> you know, there used to be time when she would call me and just talk, talk, talk. And not, not the bad. She just rambled. I put the phone down. And I go about my business. And I come back. Why? Because I wasn't going to allow her to get in me. Right? I wasn't going to allow her to get in me. I don't care who it is. And my wife can testify to this because I admitted it before. I, I've done it with her years ago. She's right here, so I can't edit that out. <laughs> but I don't, I, I'm careful on what comes inside of me. And that's how we have to be. It doesn't matter who it is. Even if it's me and I'm saying the wrong thing, you got to block me up. Pastor, you're not talking right. You know, but, you know, we, we sit up on the people all the time because, you know, we want to trust the man and woman of God. And we want to trust what's coming forth, but we have to be careful. We have to be careful. And then, like I said, it's not that people are trying to be malicious with it. They just don't know no better. Or they may just be going through something. Right? So now we can't allow them to dominate the conversation. Now we may have to take over the conversation. Right? Just to encourage them to start speaking differently. Talking differently in those things. So, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, in many cases, it might depend on who you ask and where you come from. In some places, it might be when somebody asks you, are you filled with the Spirit? It might mean, are you a committed Christian? Or, they might say, ask you if you feel, meaning, do you speak in tongues? Right? Or, it might be, have you had a second blessing of some kind? Or have you ever come to the point of yieldedness, of surrender, 
The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12. Again, the evidence of being filled is the character of Christ. And see, we should constantly be going to the well because we should be constantly showing the character of Christ. And see, even if we get into our feelings, our emotions, try, personal experience, the Lord is warning us, don't go there. Don't say that. Walk away. But we don't always listen, right? Because now it's, it's that bad. Just like those cartoons that we used to see, you know, that little white devil and, well, no, white angel and red devil once, you know, it's that, that's going on internally. And I, I said it. I done had it. Where he didn't tell Stop. Enough. Enough. Sometimes I listen, sometimes I did. Right? But he wants us to listen all the time. Now, I've gotten so much better. Because it used to be, especially when I was a nigga, I'd just be talking and talking. And I, I feel, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. I should be going, going, and going. And then I got to deal with it later. Actually, as soon as I walk away, because I knew I disobeyed him. I knew I willfully disobeyed him. And I can tell you, know, even in the house, me and my wife may have had disagreements in the past. The Lord said, don't go there. <laughs> Be quiet. Be quiet. What am I going to listen to? My flesh? <laughs> or, or spirit? Right. Sometimes the flesh wins over. <laughs> but then, you know, I got to make up for it later. I got to go back. You, you know, it, it sucks to have to go back to apologize to somebody when you know you're wrong, you know. I'm like, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do, but it's not a good feel. <laughs> All right. So there's only one baptism, but there are many feelings. I'll go through this page here. All right, so Ephesians uh, 5.18, going back to that, says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So this, again, is telling us it's not optional. Why? Because that word be, be, is actually a verb. It's an action word. It's, it's ongoing. Right? So it's a state of being. So we should constantly be filled with the Spirit of God. And the thing about it is, as we go through, if we would go through the end of, of Ephesians 5, going into chapter 6, we would know it's not just for the adults. It's for the children as well. No matter how old somebody is or how young somebody is. It says, be filled. So it's not optional. It's not optional. If we make it optional, we're in trouble. Then we become religious. And we, 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 can't be, we can't be religious. If we're religious, then we're not going to win people to Christ. We're going to send them away. We're going to be just like those people, those evangelicals out there. They're religious. They're out there speaking from their flesh. And see, they ought to be thankful that the Lord ain't come back. Because guess what? A lot of them are going to be left behind. They're going to be left behind. Because it's like I said, they're teaching people the works of the flesh, not the spirit. Mm -hmm. They're no different than the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes and things like that. They're no different. They're telling people to do things wrong. And then, as they tell them to do wrong, guess what? The people learn to do wrong. And then they go out and do wrong. And then they teach others how to do wrong. We have to understand the filling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. 
is something that we live off for the rest of our lives. It's that well of living water. He will be with us forever. <laughs> forever. Not Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> Not Wednesday. But every day of the week. And so on and so on. Right? And, and the thing about it is, it's nothing that we have to do to earn it. Because it's a gift. He's a gift. He's a gift. He's a gift. Right? So, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? My weaknesses now can become my strengths. Right? Because where I was weak before, because I was in my flesh, guess what? He's made me stronger now because I'm listening to him. Right? Doesn't mean we won't make mistakes along the way. I don't share it with y'all. I still make them. Right? But there should be a consistent pattern. A consistent lifestyle. That goes back to that practice. What are we practicing? See, the more time we spend with him, the better we become. The more of him we get inside of us. And regardless of what's going on in the world, we have that peace on the inside of us. Regardless if we can't get that bill paid, we have that peace on the inside of us. Regardless if the heat goes out the house, we still have that peace on the inside of us. Right? But it's for everybody. God is not a respected person, but all we have to do is ask. Right? So, whatever we put inside of us is what's going to come out of us during those trials, during those tribulations. Even, even if we may not be going through something, and we're just talking and walking. Oh, the wrong thing's going to come out of us. Right? Like I said, you may not curse or anything, but you're going to talk about something that you're not supposed to be talking about. Right? You're going to start to agree with some things that you're not supposed to be agreeing with. Right? We have to be careful of that. We have to continue to go, go to the well of the water. Right? So, again, it's not, you're not filled because you speak in tongues. You're not filled because you prophesy. Remember, the Holy Spirit can come upon anybody. Right? Because even in the Old Testament, guess what? He moved upon the prophets. Right? And I think it's 1 Kings chapter 13. You had one that was supposed to be obedient and just go. Um, he was just supposed to go deliver the message to the uh, king. Yeah. And the Lord told him, don't go back the same way you came. Go a different route. Don't stop. Don't eat. Guess what? He heard from the Lord. And then on his way back, somebody else that was a prophet came and gave him the wrong word. And see, the thing is, when you read the scriptures, he says, the one that was supposed to be obedient, the one that did hear from the Lord said, the Lord spoke. The other one said, oh, angels stopped to tell him. That wasn't the Lord. So guess what the, the prophet did? He went with the old prophet. And then guess what? Even though that old prophet was a false prophet, guess what? The Lord still came and spoke to him. He said, oh no, you're not, you're not, you're not going to make it back. You're not going to be alive. And guess what? He got killed. He got killed. So it's not about the prophecies. <laughs> because you can have someone saying the wrong thing. Trust me. There are a lot of, y'all heard me say, a lot of false prophets out there. A lot of false prophets out there. There are so many. If somebody tell me now they come with a prophetic word, I'm looking at them like, nah. Mm. Because you know why? It's like I said before, and I don't think I said it in a while, but prophets should only confirm what the Lord has already spoken to you. But we're always looking for confirmation and direction instead of going to the Lord and seeking Him. 
Alright, Lord, what you want me to do? Alright, and then now, the Lord speaks to us, shows us what he wants us to do. Now, guess what? He may bring another prophet to bring uh, confirmation like that. But you have some people say, go do this, go do that, go do that, and then the exact opposite is happening. Because that's not the Lord. Because what's what? If it's not coming to pass, then it didn't come from the Lord. He tells us that way back in the basics. <laughs> right? Back in the Pentateuch, he tells us that. If it didn't come to pass, I ain't speaking. That's why I'm careful on what word I give to somebody. Because we can't be led by our feelings and our emotions and what we think sometimes. You know, we got wisdom, but just say it's wisdom. Don't say, hey, the Lord leading me to tell you this. No, because then you're lying on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. We can't. We we, ha we have to be careful of that. <laughs> All right. Let me uh, read this, and uh, let's turn to Acts chapter eight. Stop. See, because we talked about Wednesday about the schools, school uh, prophecies that we have today. And, um, you know, you have different schools where they try to teach people ministry gifts and things like that. And, we, you know, we're thinking that, well, you know, they had the schools of prophets in the Old Testament. So what, but what we don't realize is in the Old Testament, what they were teaching them, they were teaching them the law first. They were teaching them the things of God, what Moses taught. They weren't teaching them how to prophesy. That, that's not the scriptural. Right? We can't teach people how to operate out of the gifts. But then you have people going, spending money, creating schools, and things like that. No. Well, let me tell you what that reminded me of when I read this. Uh, let's see. Start at, let's start at verse 14. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come... Who, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So now, we have it. these people were believers. They just didn't receive the Holy Spirit in its fullness. They were believers. Alright, so, verse 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So yes, he could come by somebody laying hands on them. Verse 18, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, that anyone of whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to them, your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. So we can't go and teach somebody the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when these people go to these schools, they're no different than Simon. They're paying for it. They're thinking they can pay for something. Why, why can't we do that? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll stop here. I'm not going to promise, but... There's <laughs> one of those in Chesterfield. Alright. 1 Corinthians 12. Alright, let's start with... Let's start with verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. So, the reason why I say it, because what's happening is these schools of prophecies are coming pop, becoming popular because they will tell people, oh, because you're saved, you're born again, you had the Holy Spirit, everybody can prophesy. Well, we all have the ability because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, but to one is given. To another is given. Doesn't mean we all going to prophesy. But this is how they get people. And then, the people who are seeking after the gifts, they get all giddy because they want those things. But instead of seeking after the gifts, we're seeking after the gifts more than the giver of the gifts. Amen. It's like I always said, we should be seeking to bear fruit, not the gifts. If you don't ever do a gift, but you have the fruit, you're good. But if you operated out of the gifts and no fruit, Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. That's, right. That's exactly what he's going to say. Yep. So, people can get all giddy talking about, oh, I prophesied to this person, I, I did this, I did that, you know, I got the gift of the word of it. Go ahead, don't bear no fruit. Watch what happens. You're going to be right here. And God forbid you die. <laughs> you ain't going to heaven. <laughs> because guess what? If you're a born again Christian, you better have fruit. If you ain't got no fruit, something wrong. Something wrong with that. I'll stop there. Amen. Let's